Let's go before the Lord this morning, before we turn into His Word, and prepare our hearts, our minds, our soul for worship today. Bow with me, if you will. Father, You are holy. You have given us all good things. You are to be trusted. You are worthy. There is today... Across the world, great praise going up and worship towards you. This morning, as we gather as a local church family, we do so with a heart of exaltation, a heart of worship. We pray that more than anything this morning over our worship hour, that you are exalted Father, we also ask that You would participate in this service. Through Your Word and through the Spirit, quicken us spiritually. Lead us. Speak to us. Encourage us. Let there be communion between us. Thank You, Father. Guide our time today and guide our time in the Word this morning. To you be all glory in the name of Jesus Christ and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, if you have a Bible with you this morning, turn to Ephesians 5. That's going to be our key scripture. It is somewhat listed in our graphic up on the screen this morning. Uh, How many of you remember the diabolical game? Yes, the diabolical game, Mother May I? Yes, that is the title of the sermon today, Mother May I. Here's my problem. I should be of the generation that remembers that. I certainly remember Duck, Duck, Goose, and I was an expert at Red Rover, Red Rover, but I do not remember Mother May I, and I suspect maybe that's selective memory. The reason I titled the sermon today, Mother May I, is because we're really talking about honoring mothers now what a wonderful game this would have been had this transpired within our households and our nomenclature of family life can you imagine it not being the von trapp family singers who in everyday communication with the family unit would speak in such terms as mother may i rather than mom get a life Right? But what a disparity. What a huge polar opposite that we're at these days. Mother, may I? Wow. How far are we off from that? This is really bugging me. I don't think I can preach. What was Mother, may I? You had to ask somebody permission to do something, right? Take steps. So was it like a, a, a matriarchal form of red light, green light? What is that about? I see the power of mothers. We honor them even with our childhood games. All right. I, I thought that's what it was, but I thought that's a bit redundant. Okay, I'm, I'm past my existential moment, folks. Let's move on. Turn to Ephesians 5 this morning. And again, you see it up on the screen. As we look at this idea of honoring mothers, uh, it's good to be back with you. Uh, we had a great time away. My wife and I got away this past week. Last Sunday, I was on vacation. I got to be one of you. And I kept getting asked, what are you doing here? And I said, 
I'm demonstrating that while on vacation, you can still go to church. And uh, I do have to be honest. Initially, I was like on the road. I was heading off to Capitola, and Janine said to me, really, we're not going to church? Oh, gosh. Now, I just want to share with you that there is no need for me to do anything for her today because I have spent a week pampering her. We went to the movie I wanted to go to. We ate at the places I wanted to eat at. We shopped in the places I wanted. As a matter of fact, Daddy got three pairs of shoes. All right? So, no, no. It was, it was everything she desired to do. So we escaped down to Avila Beach, and, and, and Mama got to sleep in as long as she wanted. And she got all the coffee. As a matter of fact, I think on Monday she had six cups of coffee. I think that's a record. That may say something about the state of our house. I don't know what, what the deal is. But we spent, I spent uh, a strategic time um, giving her the opportunity to be honored this past week. And then, I was a little disturbed this morning as I rose around 6.45 and I heard a car arrive in our court as the sun was breaking over yonder hill. And the chirping of small birds was breaking through the window and, and uh, there was a peace in my life. And then I heard a 2004 Ford GT Mustang pulling up in the driveway. And I thought to myself, as I went to bed without my youngest being home yet, surely she isn't just getting home now. <laughs> I would be a horrible father if that was the case. And so I went to the authority, the all-knowing, the supremacy of all things within the house. Yes, the mother. And I said, did... did, did the blessed young one come home last night. She said, yes. I said, well, what? why is she? I'm not like really tracking like most guys. And so I kind of gave it away, Gentry. I'm so sorry. I gave it away that she drove this morning all the way to Antioch to my wife's favorite coffee. You're seeing a theme here. Favorite coffee place at 6.45 in the morning. Six in the morning. I stand corrected. And as I went downstairs, my wife's favorite music was playing, and there were eggs that had been made, and bacon, and, and there were flowers, and, and all of that. And then I went upstairs and I said, babe, wait till you see what I did for you. <laughs> Mother's Day is a time to honor. But what does that mean? And biblically, what does that mean? Gentry, you did a great job with what we're going to read here this morning. Let's get into the Word. Start, I'm sorry, chapter 6 is where we are of Ephesians. And it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. So I need to fix our graphic today that says honor your father and mother, but we're just going to... Oh, by the way, honor, we're going to look at it initially as a verb in its verb tense. And that means to regard with great respect. And then we're just going to get rid of dad for today. There we go. First uh, Corinthians 3, 10 through 13. We'll get there in a little bit. But we're going to look at this idea of honor. And as we do so, you heard the definition. And let me go back real quickly. Uh, the definition again that we're going to start with is how do we practice honor? The verb tense of the word. 
we see this biblical command. This command goes all the way back to the law. It goes back to what Moses received in the Ten Commandments. And so we know that the church is under grace. Uh, I think two weeks ago, I, I speaking out of the foundation series, we were talking about giving and, and is the tithe still required versus sacrificial giving? And, you know, it's always a challenge to figure out how much of what God instituted back in the Old Testament is still alive today. Well, this is one of those times I get to share with you there's a unique and very precise way to figure this out. So we start with the Ten Commandments. Right? Honor your father and mother. And then there's a promise that goes with it. How do we know what still carries over? Well, Paul reiterates this command, makes it active, makes it still very much a, a part of what it means to be faithful in serving the Lord and pleasing the Lord as he reiterates this is still God's desire for the family. Is that children honor their father and mother. He says it to the church in Ephesus. He also says it to the church in uh, Colossae or Colossae depending on how Greek you are. So we have this as a command and that forces us to wrestle with this idea of what that means. And, and how do we deal with this idea of biblical motherhood? You've heard the statement, usually I hear it about dads, but I, I checked. I checked the all-knowing, all-supreme uh, internet, and there's mugs, coffee mugs out there that say the same thing. Anyone can be a mother, but it takes someone special to be a what? A mom, Right? And so the differentiation, you know, that's where we start to get into this idea of honoring mom, that there's, there's a separation, there's a variegation that goes to the idea of what it means to be honorable as a mother or to be honored as a mother. And let me say this, let me share this. I, I have tossed back and forth whether or not to do Mother's Day, Father's Day sermons. Because pastors are often told, look, you have people in the audience that they don't want to think about their moms. You have people in the audience that their moms have passed away, so this is a, a hard day for them. You have people in the audience that medically or physically have struggled becoming a biological mom. So this is, and, and there's ostracization all over the place. And if you're going to speak to this, you're going to alienate so many people. Let me share with you that I had a mom that could not take care of her kids and she gave away all six of her kids. So if anybody's going to struggle on Mother's Day, I also had a mother that didn't know how to love her son the way a mother should love a son, and she has passed away from cancer. So I have two moms. One is sprinkled among the begonias down in San Diego somewhere, and the other one has been laid to rest in Santa Maria. So I understand that. But we cannot let those things that are challenges keep us from speaking to that which can help us. Right? Because all of life is challenging. All of life is challenging. So how much better for us to look at some answers and how to heal some of those things that may be missing or may be sore points in our lives. So we'll circle back around to that in a little bit. The command is from the law and it's repeated twice. Let's look at an example. John 19. You can turn to John 19 if you want. 
Uh, I'm just going to read it. And often when we want to answer the question of how do we do something correctly in the eyes of the Lord, we simply need to look to the example of Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? And so here we see Christ hanging on the cross. We, many of us, understand the brutal nature of what was going on for Him in that moment. Many of us may not know that Scripture tells us in the book of John that Jesus referred to His brothers, His sisters, and His mother. Jesus had half-brothers, half-sisters. Where were they during the crucifixion? Where were most of the disciples during the crucifixion? What is Christ quoted for in saying, unless you are willing to what? Unless you are willing to leave your mother and father, you are not able to follow me. That is a literary form of hyperbole. He's not asking you. That's like every teenager's dream. Jesus said I could give you the shaft and I'm gone. Serving Jesus, I'm out of here. No, that's not what Christ is saying. He's saying He is preeminent. Now watch where I go with this. Pick it up in verse 26. Jesus has endured many hours on the cross. These are His last moments. And it says this, When Jesus saw His mother and the disciple whom He loved standing nearby, He said to His mother, Woman, behold your son! Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his home. How do we give honor? Jesus gave honor to his own mother in his excruciating death. Within Jewish families, the matriarch drives everything. There is an understanding traditionally that Joseph must have passed away uh, somewhere between their last journey to the temple around Jesus' age of 12 and the time when he starts his ministry at age 30. Joseph is never mentioned again. So that makes Mary a what? Single mom. Do you know the current statistic 2018 says that there are over 11 million, over 11 million single-parent homes in the United States. Out of those single-parent homes, 81% are single moms. Out of those singles mo single moms, over 25% were unemployed the entire year. Over 30% are what are called uh, uh, food insecure. These are the basic necessities of life. Now within Jewish culture, there was a process to take care of someone. What we see happen at the cross certainly intimates and we see the evidence that Mary was always with Christ, traveling with Christ. Jesus understands no longer can this take place. And it was His responsibility. He saw it as His responsibility. He passes the care of His mother on to a brother? No. A sister? No. Why did I mention Jesus' words? Unless you are willing to leave your mother, brother, sister, and follow me, you are not... Wor Where was everybody? 
The only one listed being there with mom was John. And this we can learn from. Jesus says, I can trust you, John, to take care of my mom. And if I have to find a surrogate to take care of mom, I will, but I'm going to find the best surrogate. Now for those of us that are missing mom today, can I just share with you, there are plenty of moms out there that are alone, that are hurting, that could use a surrogate child. They could use, and I'm not talking about adoption. I'm talking about adults. I'm talking about myself reaching out to someone that's older than me that has lost and honoring that person by saying, we're going to work on behalf of, of your circumstances. We're not going to turn a blind eye. We're not going to ignore this. Whether you're single mom, whether you're retired mom, whether you're alone mom, Whatever it is, we're not going to turn a blind eye because Christ, in His moment of agony, did not turn a blind eye. Amen? This is one of the ways we honor mom. Look at the way that Christ did it. Jesus' family was dysfunctional, if, if at best. So here are some things that we can do practically. How can we honor mom? Well, in a sense of... of Pedagogy, that's a fancy word for being a kid. We can obey. We can obey mom. One of the biggest challenges and biggest stresses within parenting is the challenge of helping a child understand that what you're seeking to do is for their benefit. Because sin is in the world, there will always be the challenge of rebellion against authority. Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12 speaks to this issue. That nobody likes discipline for in the moment. But we know that it is good for us in the end. Obedience is a way that we can honor. Love is one of the ways that we can honor. Demonstrate love. And that may be hard for many of us. But can I encourage you that unless we're willing to love in the face of rejection, in the face of um, ridicule, in the face of whatever the... the, the um, and, and I'm going to be very precise with this word, whatever the damning conflict could be, then is that love? Peter talks about this, that that what is obedience when it works to our benefit? He actually has a tone of sarcasm. He says, big deal. What is that? That's nothing. That costs you nothing. But think about the greatest gift that was ever given to you by someone. I would venture to say there had to be great sacrifice that was involved in that. Are you tracking with this? My greatest gift I've ever received is my salvation, and there was great sacrifice with that. Amen? That's why it's valued so much. That's why communion, when we take it in a, in a bit, will mean so much. When we love, when we sacrificially love mom, sometimes maybe that's a hard thing to do. Maybe it's an easy thing to do. But I will tell you, and I'm going to transition here, our society makes it incredibly hard to do. Our society 
has ripped away the concept of honor and replaced it with self-indulgence. Some other key ways that we can honor mom is acknowledge what she does, edify her, support her, right? Culture seeks to marginalize biblical motherhood. Our culture requires a surrendering of the valuing of biblical motherhood. These are big statements. How do I quantify that? Well, let me take you down a path real quickly. I hear a lot more criticism of mothers than praise these days. It's almost in vogue to criticize your mom in a conversation. I wish you could see what I'm seeing right now. I see conversations rolling in your minds. You know why I see that? Because I know the ones that are going on in my mind. It is so much easier and so much popular today for us to sit over coffee and complain about how our parents screwed us up. Right? And then what do parents do? I, I, I'm, I'm going to be vulnerable here. Gentry, here you go. This is, this is uh, where I get to be vulnerable. Five bucks. If I had my wallet, I'd hand it to you right now. It's ten already. Well, no, no. Actually, I have five credit because I said something nice earlier. Uh, now I'm completely off. What? No, you're not going to get it. I lost it. Apparently, I'm not supposed to give it to you. The idea of knowing the challenges of, of saying things is so challenging in our life. And so I've actually mentioned to, to Janine, I can't wait for the day when our kids are sitting around the Thanksgiving table and they're hearing, and, and our kids don't complain about us, they just don't. So I'm, I'm, this is just something that's more existential about as a pastor who's examining the culture, right? I can't wait for the day when the next generation gets to sit around the Thanksgiving table and hear the criticisms about how they screwed up their kids. <laughs> right? It's amazing how those things change the older you get. Why does that happen? Because it didn't always happen. The culture is stripping away the idea that it's cool to honor your parents. And it's winning. It's winning. Society has redefined the values of what womanhood is. This is the year of what? It's the year of the woman. Did you not know that? I thought 2014 was the year of the woman. Okay, so ladies, let me just share you PJ's parsings on this. It's not just select to you. It's select to every time we have a special magnification of anything. And to quote that great theologian of our time, Bob Parr, Mr. Incredible, when everybody's special, nobody's special. What do I mean by this? The more that we want to play the victim card, I think we create a suggestion of the idea that we truly are victims. Does that resonate at all? I'm not just talking about the women's issues. The more we play the victim card, the more we start believing 
something that may have uh, some truth in it, but certainly doesn't need to define us. And as those who know Jesus Christ, we are not victims. All right? We are not victims. And it has no gender deference salvation. But yet we have a culture and a society that says, and maybe appropriately so, to some degree, the women are treated unfairly. I remember having a conversation that did not go very well about the whole Me Too. Remember Me Too? And I, I was not met with sympathetic ears in my house. I remember hearing a speech by a, a popular celebrity on TV. And I just said, this makes me angry. And they're like, what? I said, this is all just self-serving bloviating. Because if they really wanted to do something, if they really cared about this, they've known about this issue for years. And they were silent the entire time. But now that it's popular, they'll get up and say something. They'll have time to redeem that idea in my mind, in my eyes, based off of what they do after the cameras are off. Will they do anything to change? Our culture wants to talk a good talk, but they are not honoring women. They are not honoring women. And they are not honoring mothers. Let me take it a little bit deeper. Conversely, mothers are often dissuaded from being a mother. Motherhood is propagated into a surrogacy. Now, I'm going to get myself in a heap of trouble here. Just be careful. Breathe. Breathe until I get to the end. You ready? So, because of the culture, because of where we have landed, and I would encourage you to think about other places other than Western culture, but because this is the culture we live in, check me and see if there's any scintilla of truth with what I'm about to say. Daycare has become a surrogate mother. Athletics has become a surrogate mother. Media and entertainment or internet has become a surrogate mother. Pop culture has become a surrogate mother. More of our teenagers are interested in what their favorite musician says and pens in lyrics than anything that their parents would say. If you have any reserves, ask yourself who your kids are talking to. Why is this? It's because we've abdicated our role to others in society because society is broken. Why do we have a problem with honoring mothers? Because society has slowly coerced us into handing over that relationship to other people. Is there a narrative that the government is better at taking care of your children? Of course there is. Why is that narrative there? That narrative is there because we have so many, in, so many that are in desperate situations that the church didn't do a good job of taking care of and coming alongside that the government then had to, excuse me, the government had to come in and help. So there's a legitimacy. But part of the problem, my friends, is just letting that become the norm then we are no longer honoring true biblical motherhood. And then we say to ourselves, why are our families in the state that they're in? Why are, are more than half of the moms that are out there self-medicating and barely making it through every day? 
Why are they buying up every self-help book they can possibly find because they feel like a failure over and over? How bad is the, the shift and the abdication over to our society of what it means to honor mother? I'm going to read for you a quote from someone who is one of the most read currently uh, authors to women. And now I'm really going for broke. Uh, I don't usually drop names, and I'm going to enter into this whole group of people that stand on stage and rat out people they disagree with. So I'm really excited. You can tell I'm geeked out about doing this right now. Normally I would just state the, the quote, but I think that this, I'm going to predicate this by saying a couple things. One, this is a quote from someone who's very critical of this person. So understand it's probably contextualized, right? Now it is a quote. And it is an attitude of this individual. It is an indicator of how we have shifted away from honoring the idea of being mom. How God has established that. This is from a gal named Rachel Hollis from her book, Girls Stop Apologizing. On page 140, Hollis asks, is your schedule populated by things that will make your life better or is it dictated by everybody else's wants and needs? That sounds like motherhood, doesn't it? Right? That was page 25. She reasons, being occasionally inconvenienced is a part of life. Good. <laughs> Thank you, Dale. And if you're willing to serve others, then you better be willing to demand they do it for you. Christian author. I think somehow she lost track of who Jesus was. Now, please hear me clearly. I did not read the whole book. I'm taking this as an excerpt. So there may be some contextualization to that, but... As I have written things, I have thought about what is it I'm going to communicate to people because there has to be responsibility with that. So, to a certain level, that is a very demonstrative statement. Now, on staying home with her kids, Hollis says this. She has three kids and they've adopted a fourth. Or maybe two kids and they've adopted a third. She says, it's not my spiritual gifting. It's not in my wheelhouse. You know what is in my wheelhouse? Building a successful business, managing a team, writing books, giving keynote speeches, crushing it on social media, strategizing, branding, PR, and planning live events where thousands of women fly in from all over the world to be inspired. Page 80. And we wonder why we have a problem with honoring mom. Because what she just told to millions of women who read her book is, this is what's worthy, at least for me, to strive towards. What is implied, not explicit, but what is implied, and she, uh, there's plenty of things that she has written about how she loves her kids. Just be very aware, she loves her kids. But what is implied is that what serves herself and her self-interest, which is what this book is all about, is that she is spiritually designed to do this. And she's going to apply herself to this. And we'll find someone else to act as mom. 
I might be wrong in how I assessed what she said, but that's what I hear. And we wonder why we have a problem honoring mom. This is one of the most read Christian leaders to women, millions of women all over the United States and the world are eating her stuff up. How many of you women feel like you're really gifted in speaking to thousands of women gathered and speaking from a stage? So now you have to go find your thing that serves your own self-interest, and that may or may not involve you being part of your kids' lives. Now please understand, we live in a society and a culture where most people have to both work. That is just the reality of it. And, and even in the culture that the Bible was written, the, the gal worked. The family did not survive without the matriarch working. But the culture and the society and the civilization was very different in the sense that a lot of the work was agrarian. The more urban that we move into, the more that we have pigeonholed ourselves or painted us into a corner where we have to create these surrogacies. Not a very uplifting or inspiring honor mom message, right? So let's change. One thing you know is that I'm willing to speak the truth or the reality of things. Here's some encouragement. First of all, I'm excited about the fact that our church supports options for women. One of the things that's different about options for women is that we're, we're very much about the woman. <laughs> it's right there in the title. And some of even the new programs that we have instilled have everything to do with supporting this young mom so that she doesn't feel left to the side. We want to honor those that have taken on the opportunity to celebrate motherhood. Here's three goals, or three things you can do in your households right now to honor mom. Number one, well actually this is kind of a preface, get your own life spiritually aligned first, okay? Number one, spiritually align your own life, then spiritually align your family life, then, your own <clears throat> then align your own personal life. That sets forth a foundation that is good, that is solid. Understanding also that as we honor mom, we honor mom with our heart. And from the heart flows the fruit, flows the demonstration of love that will do all those things like uplift, encourage, edify, support. Think in, in your own way or in your own concept, what would it be like to walk in her shoes one day? Or maybe one week in her shoes. I couldn't survive. Set goals for your family. Set goals for your family in order to honor mom. Two, treat your wife or mother with greater respect than you do your coworkers or employees. I have to be honest with you that in a lot of the marital counseling that I do, so much of what happens in that dynamic is when we get home, they get the leftovers. We give our best to total strangers, but at home, we give the leftovers. Somehow, there's a disparity there if we want to have a good 
honoring, thriving marriage or family? Do we honor mom? Well, here's a very practical idea. Make an employee of the month plaque. Make an employee of the month plaque and hang it up somewhere in your house and see who wins employee of the month every month. Just try to outdo mom. All right? And for you single moms, you win. You just, no, actually, the, the idea is that the kids could win, but I think it would help us understand how to honor her better if we really examined, if we really saw all that she works hard at, whether it's her work outside of the home, her provision, her love for her children. And let me just share with you right now, if, if you're one of, one of those gals that's spread real thin and, and you've got children right now, chances are you're feeling guilty about something. Can you throw that away, please? There is nowhere written, even in Scripture, there is nowhere written that says the perfect mom exists. She doesn't exist. Do you remember the first mom? Her name was what? Eve. She started out with two boys. Neither of them survived. Alright? So, so even the first mom... There were huge challenges, huge dynamics. Do you know that your children and your husband are independent people? You can influence, you can create a nurturing environment, you can be responsible for your own focus of love towards those individuals, but you can't force them to be something that they're not. You can't force them or coerce them in, into being the exact uh, shelf model of what you think they're supposed to be? Stop putting yourself into positions to only see failure, 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 guilt, guilt, guilt. Enjoy the gift God has given you and do the best you can with it. Amen? That's what God desires. Let's shift gears. How can you be an honorable mother? And this is, a, this is a different idea. This is a different focus, right? We just talked about how to honor mom. How can we be an honorable mother? Be realistic. And I just gave you some understandings about that. There's no guarantees about your children. But also, number, number two, be the parent. Stop allowing the disrespect. Okay? Be the parent. There is going to be pushback all the time. You're not, you're not asked to be their BFF. You are to be their parent and to love them and nurture them and care for them. But that's going to require you to sometimes say and instruct and guide. If, if that becomes a little overwhelming, just think of yourself as a coach, okay? Think of yourself as a coach. And part of what God has asked you to do with what He has given you is to help them move and grow and transition into what He has for them. Guide them. And guide them, number one, in the Lord and in spiritual things. But be the parent. 
You do this through two, two avenues. Number one, love. The only way that I will allow myself, not as a mother, but as a father, to feel guilt is if I have regret at the end of the day, at the end of the week, at the end of my life. And I say, I could have done this. I could have done this. I could have done this. Not mistakes. Mistakes are going to happen. But I could have done this and I chose not to because I didn't love deeply enough. When I look at the love of Christ, when I look at the love of God, and I see how He loves me, there is nothing that is void. Do you see that? There is nothing that is void. And so I look at this idea that I continually have to take this process of love and self-sacrifice, which doesn't really fit with Hollis's first premise that I read today. And sacrifice for that child or sacrifice for my husband or sacrifice for those that, that I'm caring for through love. Through love. Second is this idea of discipline. Not discipline in the sense of cracking down. Not in the sense of, of yelling. Not in the sense of uh, criticizing. But in the sense of training. The idea of discipline is training so that your children or your household is getting better and getting better. By the way, that's what we do in work, right? We try to be productive in our work. The same thing in our relationships. But most of us just take a back seat in our relationships and we just think, let's just coexist. And this is where the challenge is that we set that into motion generationally over and over and over what can you do go get coached there's plenty of resources on how to do a great job parenting but are we reading those things are we going to mentor couples are we finding people that we respect in their life and say hey can you share with me how we do this I think the only thing my wife and I had as far as uh, some training that was told that we should get was a Lamaze class. Thanks. That, that was helpful. You know, every time there's a crisis in the house, I'm like, Janine, remember your breathing. <laughs> right? Brothers and sisters, there is plenty. And my wife and I went to some parenting courses. And we read some books. And we had some mentor couples. And it helped us tremendously. Parenting does not come natural. And for most of us, there were some challenges in how we grew up. And, and there were some blessings in how we grew up. We need to look at those examples and we need to be precise and we need to put more effort into our family, our relationship, than we put into work and our success and our production in work. Those things will fade, but your children will be at your funeral. Picture the end result. Don't try to go it alone. Get the coaching advice. How can you be seen as an honorable mother? Well, understand the priority in evaluation. God has to be first. 1 Corinthians 10. It's been up here for a while. According to the, this is our theme verse. According to the grace of God given to me like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building on it. How does that work in motherhood? That you lay this foundation, do you understand that that will be generational? 
that what your kids watch and see and learn from you, good or bad, they're probably going to pass that on. Right? How many of us have experienced the moment where our spouse says, oh, wow, you're acting just like your dad, or you're acting just like your mom. And I don't think it was meant as a compliment. <laughs> right? It is generational. And so this fits perfectly with what Paul is saying. That you're going to lay this foundation. The foundation is in Jesus Christ. And guess what? As you lay that foundation, it's going to be learned. And then it's going to be applied generationally. Someone else is building on it. Let each one take care of how he builds on it. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Do you want to have a good foundation so when the hard days come, when the difficult days come, you still feel like your feet are underneath you? It doesn't mean that the hard days don't come. It doesn't mean that you don't doubt yourself. It doesn't mean what it means is that you take it back to Christ and you know that Christ is that rock and you know that many have walked that pathway in front of you and all the challenges and all the difficulties and you take the long view and you pray over your children, you pray over your family and you ask the Lord to do a work in you and in them and you rejoice when you see it happen. Amen? Amen. So the foundation starts with God. Second, you have to evaluate the adults in the room. What needs to change? What needs to be magnified? What is going well? Double down on that. What, what is, uh, what's challenging? Some of those challenges you can't change. Amen? Some of those challenges you are just locked into. It would be great if we could all just be done with work and all the problems that come with us with work, or, or all the different other challenges in life, and we could just focus on home life. But because of the curse, we can't. That's what makes heaven, heaven. And so what, what do you do with that? You figure out how you can be honorable in the midst of it. And Christ gives that demonstration and that pathway. You start with Christ and you let Him build the work in you. And you understand that there are going to be days where you fail. You're not asked to be perfect. You're asked to be Christ-like. You're asked to walk in faith. You're asked to love. You're asked to lean on Him and have Him as that foundation. And then, I'm going to pass on something to you very controversial and we'll wrap up. My wife and I in part of our coaching as parents, received some great advice. And that was when I came home, if Janine was home as well, and the kids were home, the first 10 minutes was always about dad and mom. I almost just wanted to stop about dad, right? That was what happened there. I don't know what happened there. It was about dad and mom. And the kids would run out. I still remember it. It was great. Kids would run out, the dog would run out. I mean, it was, like, it was like a Hollywood movie. And that lasted for like three years. It was just great. I can remember the car I had. I can remember the screen door shutting. I can remember the whole thing. And the kids had about 30 seconds to swarm me, tackle me, hit me, feed me a cookie, whatever it was, pet me, whatever they needed to do. And then it was mom and dad time. And we would talk, sometimes we would sit together, sometimes we'd talk in the kitchen, but the kids were not allowed to disturb us. 
We were told by doing that you create a sense of security within your household because your kids need to know that the adults in the room are important. That's a nugget I just gave you. And I'm here to tell you I didn't make it up. It was passed on to me. Husbands, that is one of the ways that you can honor your wife and help her be a, a better mother and how you can help your children see a biblical view of motherhood is that the husband pays attention to the wife and values her as a mother and a partner in raising the children. Be reasonable with yourself. Motherhood is an act of selfless service out of love. I've said it three times already. I'll say it again. Stop beating yourself up. Because we could do this all day long. It's not just select to moms. It's select to guys. It's select to kids. It is the enemy feeding us lies and pointing out our problems and pointing out our, our insecurities. And if we focus on those things, he steals away our home. He steals it away. So stop. Stop. Be a realist. I fail all the time. But what I'm not going to do is stop trying. Okay? There's a big difference. Most of all, try. To be an honorable mother above all else is to demonstrate the love of God. To be an honorable mother above all else is to demonstrate the love of God. Lastly, I want to leave you with this. Leave your family with no doubt that you love them in spite of your failures. And you will, without a doubt, be an honorable mom. Let me close our time in prayer. And then we have just a special, special time of, of uh, baby dedication this morning with two babies. And, uh, and then we'll continue on in our worship today. Bow with me. Father, thinking about the realities of the challenge of being a mother in this current society, this current culture and civilization, where our culture wants to strip away what it means to be honored as a mother. Help us not to give in to that. Help us to do a good job of honoring those moms in our lives. And Father, if, not if, for those of us that are without a mom today, let us find a mom who is hurting, who misses their children, or needs encouragement. And let us celebrate the relationship that we wish we could engage in today with someone who, who needs that as well. Speak to the hearts of those and come alongside those who have suffered loss or maybe are estranged in their relationship. You know that pain. Carry them along. Let them in turn... Uh, these mothers who are hurting or, or men that are hurting because they miss their mothers. Let them turn around and make a difference by demonstrating love to someone who desperately needs it today. Father, speak to each gal in here. Let each of them feel valued and honored. Mostly from you. We pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.